Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Fed Weekly, a collaboration between Vice and Brent 2020, London Borough of Culture. Let's get a cracking. This is Vent Daily. I'm Lauren Adiemi. I'm part of the Blueprint Collective. It is a group of creative young people at the heart of Brent 2020, London Borough of Culture. We are taking over the last two episodes of this Vent Daily mini-series. Today I'm sharing a recording of a conversation I facilitated with members of the Blueprint Collective about bicultural families. Just a heads up, we recorded the audio over video call, so it may sound a little glitchy, but the quality of conversation is 100%. You're going to hear from Nelly, Boaz, Livio, Shreya, Sophie, Tyreek, Jess, Abdul, Eunice and Loshni. First of all, I would love to know what does biculture mean to you and how has that shaped identity? Well, in my experience, I would say it's two or more cultures, even though bi sort of makes it sound like it's two cultures. But with me, I'm half Danish and half Roman, but I grew up in Kilburn in London. So I'd say I'm kind of a mix of three in a way. A lot of people, when they think biculture, they think you have to be from a white country and a black country. Mm. But I'm from two black countries, very similar literally the next door to each other I'm from Angola and Congo and for me they're very similar but yet different for example the languages different languages we can have the same food but they will be completely different names and it shaped my identity because growing up I always attached myself to one culture and I thought it was just hard for my parents to have to put the other culture in because they probably didn't know how it would affect me growing up and Tyreek, you have a similar background as well. You're, can you tell everyone about your bicult- what bicultural is to you? Yeah, so I'm also from two, I'm from two African countries, Sierra Leone and Ghana. So for me, bicultural is, is very, very weird for me. So like you see that there's a whole bunch of stereotypes where people think that a lot of the African countries are very much the same. Mm-hmm. But it really, everyone's really different from tribes. You don't even need to leave the country. So <laughs> it's really weird when I'm out chilling with people or like chilling with my Ghanaian family or my Serenian family. And then I noticed that there's things that I would do with my Ghanaian family that I can't do with my Serenian family. Mm-hmm. It's very, very, like, very weird to me. Yeah, I was born here in England and I grew up here till I was like seven. Moved to Ghana. And then I came back to England and I was chilling with my Serenian family more because I've never been before and I wanted to understand the culture more. Because I was here in England first, I had that mentality of Africa's all the same. So when I went to Ghana and I experienced what I experienced, when I came back, I started talking to my Sierra Leone family members like they were my Ghanaian family members, and they're just not. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so it was a very weird, different thing. I had to start learning Creole, which I still can't fully understand. But it was very different in understanding that the different cultures and how everything works differently between the sides. And Sophie? 
being bicultural, like I'm half Nigerian, half English. There's potential to be from more places on my white side that we haven't explored yet because my mom is from the As I've got older, I've realized how different it is, but how similar it can be as well because my white side are so ingrained in their own culture, which I never saw as culture. But I just mm. saw it as this is such like ugh, like white behavior. We put it in the quotation marks or we put it into, as Nigerians say, Oyimbo behavior, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> into this whole subcategory and we don't actually acknowledge the fact that they're two different like people and they've actually got their own type of approach to things as well so yeah it was very interesting I guess coming from uh, like a white background and a black background um and Loshini it's always been a bit of a conflict for me and the one thing I hate is form filling really really irks me when you have these like limited like British African British Asian that kind of thing it really annoys yeah. me um yeah. And then when I think about it, when people ask me, so like, where are your parents from? What ethnicity are you? Um, it's always Sri Lanka, Malaysia. But I don't relate to these countries. It's, it's the country that I don't relate to. I don't like the governments there. I don't like the countries themselves. I don't stand for what they are. Um, yeah. And then I feel conflicted as to what I truly am. And also the culture that you find there and the culture of that ethnicity that you find here are two very different things. Mm-hmm. So like a British Asian community and the Asian community are very different. And again, I always get very annoyed when you hear these kind of microaggressions about culture, when you hear, oh, you're so pretty for an Asian girl, or you're so pretty for an Indian, or wow, you sound so white. What is sounding white? Like, I, I don't understand. Oh, I hate it. My voice does not belong to someone that's white. I, I just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to it's so well-spoken, they associate with uh, whiteness, unfortunately. Exactly. Our cultures are more beautiful. I, I can't like sometimes I find like, there's so much beauty in all these cultures that we have. And I think also culture is very personal to some people. I grew up, half my childhood, I grew up in Kashmir, uh, like a mountainous region. is basically, you could say, semi-autonomous part of Pakistan. So with that, I learned like five dialects, you can say. So let's say a person who speaks Urdu won't be understand what I'm saying. So it's quite fun when, I, when, we're, when we're talking among each other, they don't understand but we can speak their language. And that kind of got, I got to learn all about that culture. And then when I came back here again, um, I, got, I got to learn about this culture. A very good dynamic. It kind of made me who I am today. So it was like a thing in the Asian community where we just mix our words in. So like, we're doing, we're speaking an English sentence, then we stop, remix it, and then put like a, our own tone, tonality in it. So it was like a, a whole new culture, if that kind of makes sense. So I'm very complicated. So both of my parents are half Italian and then half Jewish, but their lives like took them, or rather their their parents' lives took them in like totally different ways. So my mum grew up the child of an Italian mother and an Austrian Jewish father in London. She had her own kind of like things with like not fitting in because she could obviously, so she was born in the 60s and she grew up as, as a young person in the 60s and 70s in London. And she kind of always found it quite difficult to relate because she was never part of like a huge either um, Italian or Jewish like group or community in London. So like her parents in a sense had come there on their own and they had just kind of like built this like half and half life for themselves. So she kind of felt like she shared in that. Like I don't think she really knew much about either of her parents family history it's just like small things as well because like she used to always get laughed at for like being able to speak italian or like her mother having an accent and things like that 
So she has like a really, really different relationship to the one that I do. So she says her sister's names in an English accent, even though obviously they all speak Italian and like it just doesn't sound right because they never felt comfortable in front of other people. Whereas I have been so much more privileged because when I went to primary school, it was really, really cool to not be 100% English. In fact, like I don't have any English blood in me. I look English and I sound English, but like... I don't relate to those like Englishisms, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. that like loads of like people share, which it like makes me so happy because it can be in certain circumstances nice to be different. Whereas my dad, who has the same background as my mum, grew up in Israel and then he moved um, to Italy and then he moved to London. So he has spent almost an equal portion of time in each of his, like his life has been divided up into thirds. And he, like, for example, he, so we weren't raised Jewish and he never taught us Hebrew because he has, like, extremely complicated feelings to being from Israel. And, like, he has issues with, like, the politics of um, of, of the region. He has issues with, for him, it's really complicated. And it's also complicated being Italian and it's complicated living in England. It's always just been this kind of mishmash. And, like, I feel like I don't know that much about, like, where I come from. The most I know about, is Italy but even then when I go there like here I feel so Italian and like I take such pride in being not English and like I have this like cool food and whatever but then when I go to Italy I'm so aware of how English I am and everyone else is so aware of how English I am because I'm not the same like I grew up somewhere totally different and like I think I speak like pretty decent Italian but when I go people comment on my English accent (laughs) and it's just so weird like it's nice and like I definitely wouldn't trade it for just being 100% English. And then anyone here that I think Boaz, some of them like myself as well, were British and then something else. So our parents are from one specific country. How has that played a role in your bicultural experience? For me, it has played a role because I was born and brought up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom is Portuguese and my dad is uh, Indian. So it's like somehow she's also born and brought up in an African country, uh, Mozambique. It's quite different. My mom's like she's from India, and she like for her par- her mom. She came from India, then she went to Portugal. My mom was born from Portugal, then she was gone to Mozambique, then she went back to India, then she was come back to London. Then I got I was born in London. But now it's like for me it's a bit hard because like because I'm born and brought up in London, if I go to India, the cultures are very different. When you go there, it's like living the society because there are kind of rules and regulations in India compared to here. And even though that's my own country, because I am an Indian, the way I've brought up and the way they have brought up, it's very different. And then that clashes. I think I have my situation rather the opposite, because I think my mom is more British than I am, whereas I'm a bit more African than my mom is. So when it would come into situations where we would have conversations about this happens or that happens, that people in Ghana are having this harder than that this is happening. It's not that sometimes. Like sometimes I know, like if I was in Ghana, trust me, it wouldn't even be that, that deep. Whereas, <laughs> don't get me wrong, that's situational, but like, it's not even that deep. So it's, it, when it comes to situations like that, both my parents in a sense, to be fair, because my mom, my mom tries to be strict with me and my dad is kind of strict with me, but I've just seen worse, so I don't really care. <laughs> so when, when it comes to that whole dynamic of my friends always going on about, oh, African parents, this or that. I don't have that. I don't have that feeling. I have an African teacher actually 
lashing me 12 times because I got a question wrong. And the whole thing about also my friends here, people always considering maybe they're from the, the country that their parents are from is very different. You're not from there. Like Lashini said, like, you don't know where it is to live there. And like Ashraya said, when she got there, it was harder than what she saw. Like, you can't claim something you don't know about. The only reason I've ever told myself I can't live in, in Ghana is because I get skin irritations when I live there. So I've lived there and I understand my limits in that country. I can't live there because I'll get fungus on my skin. It's peak. <laughs> like, <laughs> for some people, it might just be odd. They don't like the fact they have to get food on the roadside or something like that. Or in this area, when you go to the beaches, there's always rubbish inside the beaches. I've learned to live with that. I've learned to understand how that is and just like firm those things in it. But yeah. going to a country for two weeks every year is different from living there for a year. And even living there for a year is not as good as living there for four years. Because unless you're Einstein, you're not even understanding the language in a year. <laughs> and yeah. from understanding the language, then you have to learn a whole bunch of other things, which just becomes a whole situation. So being bicultural in general, for me, I just can't, I can't mix the two. I'm either from one country or another. That's where it stays for me, to be fair. True. Interesting. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Anyone else feel like that? Do you feel like you've been able yes. to budget or you feel very separate? Definitely. I mean, I, I, can, I can relate your Tariq experience because I lived there. Because I was, even though I was born here, but I was raised there kind of thing with my granddad and my grandma. So they're kind of ingrained in the culture. So as Tariq said, you get to, you have to live there to understand. You can't claim something you, you don't know. So me living there, I kind of got experience of how people are here compared to there. And let's say people from here and there, they have a culture shock. They probably die. Um, <laughs> because of the heat, how the people talk, the, how yeah. they dress, the, the kind of environment. It's, it's very different compared to here. So for me, I, for me, I'm, I'm kind of used to it. I used to go to school there. So as he said, if I get a question wrong, you get whacked up. Uh, <laughs> So I'm kind of used to it. It can't get worse anyway. With me, I think that I can merge it. Um, I think only because I'm still trying to balance out even the two countries. I'm trying to be less Congolese and more Angolan, wow. <laughs> which is hard. Yeah. Why do you feel that you're trying to be more one than the other at the moment? From literally, well, from the day I was born to probably, I would say around 11, 12, I feel like I've been so Congolese I know all my family from Congo more likely my mm -hmm. Angolan side I just recently got to know them literally very recently I even recently even found out my dad had brothers in Angola like I didn't know these stuff and it, mm -hmm. it's so heartbreaking but it's a thing of I don't know why they did it like I haven't sat down and asked oh why did you not you know tell us you had brothers that like, I just found out probably like three years ago that my dad had brothers there I'm still learning um, about the culture I'm still doing my own research I'm still speaking to my own family, even though I'm a bit hesitant to speak to them, only because I'm the type of person where 
you haven't been in my life. I don't want to speak to you. That's the type of person I am. And it's just yeah. me, a me type of thing. Yeah. It's just a me type of thing. I don't know why. I think it is a bit ignorant. But then again, I feel like I have my reason because you call me for money. Do you get me? It's that, it's that <laughs> you call me for money. You don't know my like, age. I need you. You ain't there type of thing. So I think all of that just comes and it plays in hand. Just in terms of like by culture and like, I guess with your parents, you guys have different views on things and how do you navigate those conversations? Um, yeah, so I'm Albanian um, and my parents came here when I was two. So I've pretty much grown up in the UK. Um, but then with my culture, it's a very strong culture. So as much as I've grown up here and I've adapted to, you know, like the, you know, like British culture and stuff like that, there's a big part of my like daily life, my family life that's influenced by like my Albanian culture. I was saying to Lauren like before that with Albanians in the UK, we've almost like adapted like a new culture. So it's, it's, it doesn't, you know, it's not completely sim- like the same as the Albanians in Albania or like to British people in the UK, but it's like a mix of both. And it's like almost like a new, a completely new culture. Mm. Um, and I was saying that I think a massive part of this new culture is my generation almost influencing my parents' generation and vice versa. So it's not only that they've influenced us and now we've adapted Albanian culture and stuck with it the way that they've influenced us, but we've like modified it to make it suit like our livelihood, our British culture. So it's always been like a, it's been like a learning thing for both generations. Like my parents have changed a lot since they've moved here, but even in comparison to like the beginning when they moved here, before they were very like hardworking, determined, like the rest, like their work ethic was massive and it still is, but now it's a lot more chilled. They're just so much more open-minded and that's really been influenced by like my generation and like my me and my brother with other family members that are younger. And then we've also learned as well loads from them, like our morals, like our values as a family has definitely been influenced by the Albanian side of me. That's for me because I'm completely Albanian, so I'm not mixed with anything. But for me, I see that as like, my culture is an influence, like my family and then my upbringing and my livelihood. So I think that's quite, that really influences, I think, people's culture as well, like where you live and then where your family is from. But I think for me, um, just on like the Nigerian sort of culture, because I'm I'm British born, but um, parents are Nigerian. So I think for me, there's been a, a, there's been a blend of cultures. There's been a blend of culture. I think since I was young um, and as I've grown up, I've just grown to appreciate Nigerian food way more firstly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I, <laughs> I I really love my food. So I think in that area, from that area, like I don't mind fish and chips, but you know, I'd rather much have pounded jam and <laughs> F-O-R-E-R-O, you know what I mean? With a, a bit of like goat, goat meat inside or something along those lines. Like I was in Nigeria, um, I think last December and I was just loving it. I think plantain is one food I can have every single day. Oh, plantain, yeah. not plantain, by the way, but <laughs> I'll just put that out there. Um, from, the, from the food aspect, I think there's been a sweet blend because, yeah, there is the appreciation for just foods that may have that would, probably wouldn't be Nigerian specific, but at the same time, it's like, okay, cool. I really do like my Nigerian food. But on a culture aspect more generally, I think um, in terms of ethos, one thing that's common, I don't know um, if we're familiar with the phrase, one thing that um, Nigerian parents do say um, is, do they have two heads? And that basically means that um, if somebody else, for example, if Larry in your school has gotten an A star and myself, I've gotten a B, um, does Larry have two heads? Like, is there is Larry still a proper human being like you? So you should be able to achieve that. And I think 
amongst many other things, I think we, people have touched on it before in terms of comparison. I think it, it, it can sometimes be something which is a fuel for excellence. And it comes from that aspect of Nigerians being people that strive for excellence. And I think being yeah. from a second generation or first generation family, you can witness that the type of culture which you grow up in, I think Nigeria's population is around 200 million. So mm-hmm. in order for you to succeed and be the top, there is a lot of graft involved. And I think that type of culture is being transcended and sort of brought down. And I was hearing even um, what people are speaking about in terms of like cousins and people speaking and asking for money. I feel like the approach may be different, but I think it's similar to the British approach in terms of like maybe sometimes the entitlement culture and exploitation. But I just feel like in terms of the emotional intelligence of this country, it may be a bit higher in terms of trying to get their way. But the culture in Nigeria, I feel like it's much more, okay, straight as in, this is what I want. I'm not really beating around the bush. There's a deeper appreciation for that because they say what they mean and they mean what they say sometimes anyway. <laughs> let, me not, let me not um call it a one-size-fits-all approach. But I think that's somehow um common to myself because for, in certain aspects, I found that like I can be blunt um when aggravated, but I feel like also in even with that, um there's a, like a fine balance because most of the time I'm I'm quite distant from that. So I think this type of extremist um, notion of, of Nigerian, of the Nigerian culture somehow rubbed off on myself because there's like this extreme end of, okay, cool, I'm just going to be quite working a lot. I, there's not really much time for rest. And then there's the other end of, oh, you're just relaxing. I mean, the same way there's the end of, okay, just being completely blunt in terms of what you want, speaking to people straight from your heart and not really filtering it. And there's the other side of sometimes sugarcoating and sometimes at your expense because people are understanding what you say. So I think in terms of just those nuances within the culture, that has definitely transcended um, through um, my upbringing. Love it. And just in terms of everyone here, let's talk about judgments. Do you guys ever feel like you've had to defend your countries on it or your cultural your culture to other people because of like assumptions they've made or stereotypes like Nelly yeah I think Iran generally has quite a bad image in the news like people don't I don't know people have a lot of stereotypes about Iran and I think that they don't see all the good sides of it I do find myself a lot of the time defending Iran and Iranian people and like how great the culture is and obviously Iran has its problems but it is a beautiful country and it's safe to visit um, like people are always shocked when I say I've been and like I try and I always try like I'm proud of my Iranian side so I do try and talk about it because people I don't know people do have like a negative view of Iran sometimes yeah I agree that it's like a privilege that I can sort of pick and choose when I say where I'm from and it does always change a lot like I never really know how to answer the question where are you from when Brexit was announced I was doing like a summer school with my uni so I was in Malaysia and I was traveling a bit by myself and so obviously when I start speaking, they can hear that I'm from the UK. But if they ask me, like, where are you from? I try to avoid saying that I lived in England because I was so ashamed of Brexit. And because when I had said that I lived in England, people were literally, I was really upset about it too. So I didn't want to talk about Brexit. But people there as well were really, I don't know, they they obviously hated it too. And they thought that we were really racist. So they'd start having a go at me for Brexit. So I would like, I just stopped saying that I was in the UK and I would just say like, oh, I'm Danish Iranian or, so I always felt really ingrained in both cultures. Like my parents have brought me up in both cultures and I've visited both countries and like my family have both been quite proud of that. Yeah. But to different degrees, like it changes the levels as well. I was also very curious. Like, I think if I hadn't been so forward about wanting to go to Iran, I don't think my dad would have taken me. 
but I was like so persistent <laughs> and it took him a while to like get me my passport and want me to go with him but once I did like now he's really proud of it guys what are the positives of being bicultural and just having all these different cultures influence you being able to dance I'm not gonna lie I know I'm so like honestly being able to dance and singing different languages has been like the best part Mm. of like being bicultural like I could just like throw another language here and then throw a bottom move here and it's like but yeah that's been for me that's been great I feel like also the outlook it kind of gives you for like other cultures and just I don't know just like life in general like I really appreciate learning about other cultures Mm. when I travel like I like the you know the food in different countries and I feel like it's a part of, you know, being from a very strong culture, but then living in a completely different environment where there's so many different cultures. So I feel like it just makes you more like you adapt more to being open to other cultures. And I, I like I really appreciate that. And I feel like some people don't have the privilege of experiencing that. And I think it's a shame those people that miss out on being able to appreciate other cultures, I feel like they're missing out on loads because I feel like it'd be really rubbish to just have one culture and not appreciate anything else i also feel like with languages if i hear someone speaking like a broken language i'm always in awe because i think okay that means they have another language on top of that whereas i think if you didn't have a mixed culture you just maybe think oh their english isn't good because a lot of our cultures are about community and family and being together and kind of like sharing meals and stuff like that i just feel i get this kind of warmthness from being around my like yes. cultural side and i feel so much more comfortable and also just when you meet someone and if you can relate to them in some kind of way it's so much nicer and you just feel a lot more comfortable yeah and just thinking about the future i also feel like i feel really excited to be able to pass what i have on to someone else like my kids mm. or my partner um in later life and see how they feel and see how it's going to shape them as well i put down the best thing for me is just learning from all the cultures and their tendencies and how they treat people and how they react between each other. Definitely. I think, uh, obviously, the people mentioned, you know, be bilingual, culture, food, dance and music, all sorts of stuff. And definitely, uh, one thing I realised is that how people react um, to different type of things, among which is like, um, over here, guy friends, they don't really, they don't, they don't really get physical in terms of like, they don't hold hands. And if you go to my culture, friends that are guys, they usually hold hands. And then in this kind of perspective, from what I've kind of seen, not a lot of people do that. They consider kind of a, or let's say gay. So uh, if you look at it from that kind of perspective, they're more kind of closer with each other. They're more, more kind of trust and all this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, and no, I think for me, my favorite thing, as I said before, is probably the food. I cannot lie. Um, <laughs> It was just, it's just, yes. it, it's out of this world. But amongst that, yeah, amongst that, I think the culture and music, especially, I play drums and I think one of the, the, the beats and just the aspect of just like how it just makes you want to dance. Like there's certain songs you have, um, people, it gets you, you know, feelings. There's other songs just that like you get into the mode of work, but like, the Afro beats just makes you want to get up and dance. And I think that aspect of it is just, is amazing. But yeah, and I think the food has to be number one for me. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Vent Weekly. This episode was produced by Vent Production Team, Jess Lawson, Amelia Gill, Marid Majid, and Ali Adlington. With help from Amanda Fernandez, Deandra Nataligawa, and the Blueprint Collective. Vent is a collaboration between Vice and Brent 2020, London Borough of Culture. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.